I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. for this evening is James Bell as we are underway here at Bloomfield Road header from the Dean from the goal kick is cleared away by Perrington and uh, it's a great run forward on the edge of penalty is taken out surely that's got to be it was uh, Bogle through on goal and he's been taken out and that has to be a red card early doors for Blackpool and it is the red card is shown and I'm trying to see who that uh, that player is is it Williams husband James Husband, James Husband number three. Within, what, 50 seconds? Hamilton approaching the penalty here. It goes to the right-hand side of Perrington. He's just got to hold him up here. And Perrington again brings him down. And it will be a free yeah, kick. And Perrington will be having a talking to here from the referee. It's a second yellow card. And it's 10 against 10 now. And the danger signs were there that Hamilton yep. was taking on Perrington and it gets the better of him a second time. And that is a second yellow card and Chelt will be absolutely livid with that. Yeah, it's, it was, as you say, it was um, something that was uh, on the cards. Shinny will swing this in. Dangerous looking ball. In it's with the jump yes. and it's in. It's in. Can't see who got the last touch. There is a bit of debate going on whether Bogle touched it. Now oh, the Lionsville flag that? goes up. <laughs> oh, why does it take uh, Maxwell to go all the way across there to ask him to then put the flag up? A controversy here. And the really well to control it and bring it down and pass it out to Matson. Little touch into the run of Shinny. Tackled, but uh, Matson gets it back, swung across. Doubt is there, heads it back again. And there's a header from an AK! And there's the goal! Superb football from Charlton. What a header back from Doughty. And Anike there to poach it. And Charlton have a 1-0 lead. Well, Anike starts and finishes this move. Lovely. I think a header initially. Gets it down out to, to Matson. It's a good bit of football between him and, and Shinny. And Matson gets it back. Brilliant ball in. Really good ball in towards the far post. You're right though. Doughty makes the goal by getting on the end of it and heading it back in. And there's Chucks. He was unlucky not to get a goal the weekend. And he gets one now. His first league goal of the season. A push in the back of a knee. Okay, there, I thought. By uh, Ed Potetta. And it is the final whistle. held on.
So hello and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendes. We'll be looking back at that 1-0 win over Blackpool and of course looking ahead to Saturday's trip up to take on the Cobblers of Northampton Town. Joining me on the pod to do just that. First up is uh, Mr. Lewis Cat. Hey, Dean Lou. Yeah, good, mate. Thanks. You okay? Yeah, not too bad. Did you enjoy the uh, 1-0 shellacking we handed out to the Seasiders on Tuesday? I did, mate. I did, yeah. Two wins on the spin, two clean sheets. Well, three clean sheets in a row. Can't go wrong at all, can you? Yeah, absolute promotion contenders now, of course. And uh, another man who will join us to discuss our impending promotion to the championship is, of course, Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nath? Living the dream, mate. Yeah, just yeah. looking at... Um, yeah, well, I don't know, apart from Spain addicts abusing me with wrongings of uh, making tea, cutting sandwiches <laughs> like a freak and eating a, a Kit Kat like an absolute <laughs> savage. But, uh, yeah, I've calmed down a lot since Tuesday because I got a bit... Um, Got a bit irate, shall one say. But uh, yeah, no, looking forward to. Oh the weekend. yeah, I, f- I forgot some of those takes uh, you were sending out during the first half, in particular. But yeah, yeah we we won't re- we won't repeat those on air. Uh, well, maybe we'll talk about it in, in, a, little, in a little while. No, I'm sorry. I am sorry to hear that you've been being cyber bullied by uh, by someone on yeah. Twitter as well, Spain addict. But uh, anyway, look on that. So on tonight's show, like I said, uh, we're going to look back at that game uh, against Blackpool. We've already heard the highlights. We'll hear Lee Bayer's reaction to that. We're also going to hear from the goal scorer Chuck Sinico. We've got a few tweets and emails that came in to talk about that. Also. Uh, in today's press day, Lee Boyer spoke about the possibility of bringing in a free agent. So we'll hear a little bit more about what Bo said on that subject and, and then uh, have a discussion about that. And then, of course, got to turn our attention to the game uh, with uh, the Cobblers up at Sixfields on Saturday. I spoke to Charles and Danny from the It's All Cobblers to Me podcast last night. We'll hear that later on. Uh, and, of course, Lee Boyer will preview the game himself, give us a little bit of an injury update. So, Naif... Um, well, first of all, a win's a win, um, and I, I think we deserved it on a balance of play. I don't think we gave up too many chances on uh, on, on on Tuesday evening. As Lee Bayer said, we probably did make hard work of it, considering you know the fact that we did play against 10 men for almost 45 minutes, although then we did have 10 men ourselves after that. But yeah, what, what did you make of it overall? Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with both. Um we did make a very hard work of it. I think it highlighted a, for me. We'll go on to the sort of additions or possible addition maybe later. But I just think um, for me, even though looking back, you look at it and go, "Yeah, it wasn't spectacular." Which you're never going to play spectacular football for every minute for every single game in this league. And the start that we've had, we could we could say we're playing a little bit of catch up because of the the couple of losses in there. But I think at this at this point in time and the, the, the strange way of um, especially away from home with no fans and stuff, you just need to win games. Whether it comes as a one nil, you know, like Burton, like a couple of years ago, and we've won one nil away, something like that. Or if you do scrape a three two, it doesn't really matter at the moment. At the moment, you just need three points in a bag, and then you build up a bit of momentum because you've got the Saturday Tuesdays, and that momentum can prove pivotal. It could come the end of the season. You look at last season, we went down in injury time. And then you can look back at all those games that we spoke about last year, about those last-minute equalisers or those last-minute con- conceding last minute. They they all add up. So yeah, it wasn't pretty, but and we made a lot of made it made it really hard work. But we got the three points in the bag, and Blackpool are a decent side. I think they're in a bit of a false position at the moment with the squad they got on paper. 
Yeah, it's funny. Everyone's been saying that uh, about Blackpool. Apparently, every manager does go and say, oh, you know, Blackpool will finish higher than they will. In fact, we hear Lee Bowyer say that later on. But they haven't started uh, very well in the league season. They certainly didn't start very well on, on Tuesday evening, Lou. It was within the first minute. I think I worked out something like 50, 55 seconds that the foul was made and husband was uh, was sent off. Um, and I guess the disappointment is that other than maybe about 10 minutes where, where Alfie seemed to have the beating of their uh, of their left back, we didn't really take advantage of the, of the fact that they were down to 10. No, we didn't. I mean, we created the odd chance, didn't we? Um, pushing forward and put them under a bit of pressure, but we just didn't really, you know, didn't take the chances that we created. Um, and then obviously we went on to shoot ourselves a little, a little bit in the foot. We'll talk about that going forward, but... Uh, you know, with with the performance and everything, I thought, especially when you when you're away from home, I was kind of like what Nave said there with with Blackpool. They probably are in a bit of a false position. So I was going into this game, um, not fearful, but you know, a little bit um, sort of curious to see how we'd come up against a side like Blackpool with the players they have because they've got they've got you know decent EFL pros in there that are, they've had a lot more time to prepare than we have, and we've touched on many a time that we. We probably are a few weeks behind other people in terms of preparation because of everything that happened behind the scenes. But so I, I did kind of think this would be a decent little test. So to see them go down to ten men after two minutes, I was sort of rubbing my hands together. You know, I was thinking, oh, here we go. This could be, this could be, um, this could be decent. But like you say, we, we didn't really capitalise on their on their downfall, and I was kind of disappointed that we didn't do that. Um, and I don't really think that. We we were clinical enough in that in that period, but that's something that we've gone on to criticise with that with our you know with our side for quite a while now that we we seem to create all these chances, but we just can't seem to put them away. Mm, yeah, and then obviously Naif, um the numbers were evened up shortly before half time. Ben Perrington already <laughs> on a yellow card. Okay, I mean, he's coming up against a, a CJ Hamilton who you know, I've rated for a couple of years. Actually, I remember when he played against us uh, for Mansfield in the mm. um, in, in the FA Cup. He scored a he scored a goal, didn't he? Up at, up at their place. And then um, I actually randomly saw a Mansfield game last season against Macclesfield, um, and and he came off the bench there and uh, looked reasonably lively. So he's a player we know all about. But you know, Ben Perrington already on a yellow card. I think a lot of people were questioning his decision making there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I said it on, when was it? Wednesday. I said it on Tuesday or Wednesday. Tuesday. He was too tight. From the first time he got the book, before he even got booked, he was too tight to him. He's too touch tight. And with when, with Purriton, if you're going, he's usually, you know, we always say a steady Eddie, you know, seven out of 10, but that's him in defensively, right? And I think when he was getting so too touch tight, and then as soon as he got booked, he made another foul. And I thought, he's on next year, was it? And he'd done the same again. All he's got to do is he, he knows he's not going to beat him for pace. So he's made the decision so easy for him. He, even if he just stands off a little bit more and go, right, if you're going to beat me, you're going to have to knock it past me and then I'll get the body and I'll get a free kick. But he was so tight, any slight quick movement, which CJ did, he was going to pull him back. And he'd done it three times and it was just infuriating because you, it was so predictable and they were always going to even it up, the ref, which, I, to be fair to the ref, I didn't think he had a poor game. Um, but I just think it was just it was just, it was just silly. It was so avoidable, and it was you could see it. And I think the frustration for me is that we were playing... When you play, with te- when you play against 10, they're just going to have two banks of four, and they're going to go narrow. So all we did, cause we, which, to be fair, we had Pratt and Watson, and there are two deep players. 
we were just playing in front of them. We were trying to diags and it weren't working. We didn't really have a lot of pace, um, which obviously the only t the only time it really changed was when Matson come on, which he had a bit of pace and look what happened there. Um, but yeah, I think it was just a bit silly from Ben, um, especially coming in. He probably want to say, right, I've got this young kid Matson coming in now. I want to win, win this place and keep it. And he's just done that. And it's like, well... It was just silly, really, really naive, and I thought I just expected a bit more from. from he's, you know, he's a seasoned player. He's, he's not, he's not an inexperienced player. Yeah, um, it's his first, it's just, uh, it's first red card but... in his career as well. So, uh, well, yeah, yeah so he, he, he would have been learn from disappointed. It. Yeah, well, we're, hopefully, hopefully he will. He certainly came in for some stick from uh, some supporters uh, throughout the evening on Tuesday. Obviously, then before we get on to the goal that stood. Lewis, we should talk about the goal that was disallowed. Ryan Innes, you know, rose highest at a corner. Finally, a corner came to something, and then even then it was disallowed. Uh, Omar Bogle, a judge to have interfered or touched, I'm not certain. But, I mean, the linesman took forever to make that decision. He basically waited until the goalkeeper ran uh, over to him and, and persuaded him to make that decision. So you can see why that one was quite a frustrating one for Lee Bayer to take. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I was the same at home watching it. You... It's difficult because from from where we see it on uh, on the stream, you obviously only see it the one time. But I don't really think that. Well, I don't, I'm pretty sure Bagel didn't get a touch, but he shouldn't really be in that position anyway because he doesn't need to divert it goalwards because in his six foot five, he's winning that header, and it's and it's goal bound. I don't really think Bogle needs to be in the way, so you you don't need to give the linesman the opportunity to make that call. Um, but that being said, as you say, it took an age for them to make the decision. And it was frustrating because, like you say, it's almost like they did crumble to the pressure. Nothing was raised until Chris Maxwell went over there, you know, fuming at, at the decision. Um, and then, you know, find ourselves on, on level terms again, which is it's a shame because it, I, I do think that Innes has really impressed me over his last two performances. And I think, you know, he's come in with a bit of a... Um, a bit of a background, um, you know, of what he's done before in his past and everything like that, which we we know and we've and we've read about. But he's obviously come here to prove a point, and in his in his two opening performances for us, I've been really impressed with the way he's played. He's, you know, on, on his touch sometimes a little bit off, and his passing there may be the odd, um, you know, the odd wayward pass and stuff. But that's all just you know ring rust, if you like. But everything else with his game has really impressed me. You know, he's an absolute rock on on Tuesday night, along with um, with Famwo as well. Um, and I thought he'd have deserved that goal. It would have been nice for him to cap off a performance like that with a goal, but it wasn't to be. Um, it's just lucky we went on and, and scored a winner eventually because you know it wasn't the, wasn't the most glamorous performance, but I do think it warranted the three points for us. Yeah, and the goal when it did come, Nath, was a goal of real quality. And it's all about mm. that man, Chuck Sonico. He's come off the bench. Um, you know, I've, like, as I said on uh, over the weekend, you know, I, I'm really excited about what the player that I think Chucks is going to turn into for us. And, and he's started to show that now. I mean, he's, his work involved in the build-up to that goal, I think will go sort of, uh, sort of forgotten because of, you know, he, he was there to apply the finishing touch at the end. But he actually brought the ball down really nicely before playing it out to to, to, to the left-hand side. Matson's cross towards the far side and doubt he's done superbly to uh, get it back into the middle where, where Chucks has, has made sure he's made that run in towards the edge of the six-yard box and, and headed it home. I mean, overall, that, that was a moment of real quality that actually deserved to make sure we go home with those three points. Yeah, cool. So I think if the uh, obviously after his performance on Saturday, which he you know wasn't rewarded with a goal, but um, I think many people have said it's probably the one of the, 
rare occasion we've seen Chucks play and you know he's fit and and he was doing really well I think since he this season he looks a lot more agile he looks to win his headers he looks more physical um which I think we've all got to remember I mean Chucks has never he never come through Arsenal as a striker he was a number 10 um he's only sort of flourished as a sort of you could class him as a false nine really um he's not that one who's going to sit on the shoulder um and try and beat people for pace but he's a He's for a big lad. He's you know he's good with his feet, and I think his hold ups plays bringing others into play was superb on yesterday. And um, yeah, it's great ball in from Matson, which is just nice to have a, a left back that can cross. Um, Pirates good going back, but I think if soon as he goes forward, he always cuts back inside. So, but yeah, I think good for good great ball in, great you know great at a back from Doughty who's improving, you know every time I see him and. And Nikkei's got had that finishing instinct, which I think is obviously paying dividends. What Jacko and Bose is doing to him on the on the training field. Yeah, and let's hope he can uh, carry on his record uh, against Northampton. Four appearances and three goals against Northampton Town for Chooks and Nikkei. So I'm hoping to see some more of that uh, when we go into Saturday. But let's talk about a couple of players that who come off the bench then, or or in one who actually made his full debut, Omar Bogle. Uh, and Ian Martson then, so obviously a full table for Bogle, uh, Martson off the bench. Lou, what did, what did you make of the two of them? Yeah, um, you know, with, with Omar Bogle, he obviously got in that position to to get that chance early on, which in the end saw husband sent off. Um, there is rust there. You can see that he's not played a lot of football. Um, there were a couple of opportunities where he did the hard work and, and brought it down well and got into good positions, but just didn't have um, sort of that clinical finish. Um, but those things will come in time, you know, with... We've had that with with strikers for you know taking Lyle and uh, you know taking Lyle out of the equation. Really, you've had it with Chirks, you've had it with you know Tamer Hamed. We were talking about you, we go back to strikers that we've had, but they've never really been renowned for being sort of prolific goal scorers. This um, will get one once in a blue moon, but I think that he'll improve, and I do think he brings something to the side. He's a very similar mould to Chucks, where he's got the ability to bring the ball down, hold it up. He's strong. He can bring others into play. He'll work well with someone like Paul Smith alongside him, which I think Chucks has as well. I think Chucks has really thrived off having someone like Paul Smith playing alongside him that's just a different player rather than having two very similar strikers next to each other. Um, and Ian Matson, I mean, what a, what an impact when he came on. You know, it's very much like Jada Silver. It's, it's a different left back to what, what we're used to. You know, Ben's not so strong going forward. Um, and the way Matson played when he came on, it wasn't just his work out on the left-hand side and, and the cross, but also some of the passes he was finding in the middle. And he was sort of finding himself dragged into the middle as well to try and get into space and, and create passages of play, which I think he did really well. I mean, he was he was finding passes that I, I couldn't even see on the screen. You know, I was looking at, oh, I wonder where he's going to pass that. Probably go to to Chucks and he'll find like another pass. I think, oh, where's he seen that? Like, It just shows that, you know, a good footballing brain and something that is obviously drilled into you when you're, when you're going through an academy like Chelsea. Um, and again, you know, I think he's going to be a, a real good player for us. I think the game suited him when he came on. He really opened Blackpool up on that side. They couldn't handle him. He was fairly unplayable. And I thought defensively he dealt very well with CJ Hamilton as well, who we've touched on as, you know, he's a very tricky player, very quick um, so yeah, impressive um, debut from from Matson especially, and um, you know an, an average to decent display from from Bogle as well. I just think that there's there's more to come from him, and it and it will come in time. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, like I say, Matson could be the next Jada Silver, and Bogle could be either the next Darren Bent or Simon Church. Really, both similar levels for me, of course. But um, 
yeah, I think we should. Uh, we haven't really spoke about the fact that we kept a clean sheet, and I thought that Innes and Fanwo at the back were absolutely superb once again. But uh, yeah, we'll, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll hopefully we'll talk about that again on Sunday if they get another one uh, on Saturday. I think it is time that we hear from the Addicts boss Lee Boyer. Uh, I wasn't at the game, so it was Terry who did the interview, uh, and he told Tell Boyer did that he was happy to see his side come away with the three points. Um, yeah, yeah, we made hard work of it. Um... They went down to 10 men quite early. I would rather have gone through scoring and played them v 11. Like it would have been a much better game. And then obviously, they always look to then even it up. Uh, but just a bit disappointed that we didn't take advantage of that. We didn't move the ball. We didn't really hurt them um, when they went down to 10. Um, but the most important thing on a Tuesday night when you come to places like Blackpool, the most important thing is just the three points. And, and I've just said that to the players. Like we're, we're much better than what we showed tonight. We showed in, in, in bits here and there that what we can do and what we're capable of doing. And um, but we just didn't show it enough tonight. So I'm happy with the three points, but we will get better. Like again, made a few changes. People just gelling in like into the squad. So yeah, we will get better as we go along. Any complaints about the Pimpton sending off second yellow to, to even it up? I think they're both pulling each other. I don't think like that there's much in it. The only thing I would say is that once you get that tight against Hamilton, he's a good player and he's really quick. Once you get that tight and if you don't win the ball, then you're in trouble. So, but I thought it was a soft yellow. I thought it, it, it was a soft yellow card. Um, there were so many decisions tonight that just it's a lot of lot of guessing going on. Um, so yeah. Probably more disappointed with the uh, with the goal that was disallowed. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, of course, because like, the, the linesman is not a chance. He's telling that you can see from there, and, and he's just guessed. And he guessed 30 seconds after that the ball was in the net. We were celebrating for 30 seconds, then he decides to put his, put his flag up. Like, it, it, I'm, just, I'm sick and tired of talking about decisions. I should be talking about the game, but. Week in, week out, game after game, we're talking about decisions, big decisions. Like again, we've been punished there. It's, it's not right. It's not right. Can't keep happening. Can't keep that. Look from the other side that it is, uh, he made the decision under pressure from Maxwell, the goalkeeper. But uh, at least in the end, it didn't. Uh, it didn't make a great difference because the, the winning goal that came was a peach. Yeah, but that's just. It shouldn't come down to that though. You know, we we should have been comfortable because our keeper never really made a save. So we was comfortable all game, but to, to make a decision like that when you don't really know, then that's, that's, that's wrong. Um, and yeah, but to be fair, it was a great goal. Young Ian, I thought he was very sharp when he came on, showed what he does have, he's, he's got some quality. Um, and great delivery, Alfie, good header, and, and Chucks, I'm pleased for Chucks because he's, he's, really, he's really starting to come alive in that striker's role. So. Um, Please for him, he's got his goal because he deserves it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's Joe. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr! You absolute German beauty! Woo! Dream lads! Joe has scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it all! Get in! Come on! What a time to be here! Here at Wembley! Oh my word! Oh my word! Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. We just heard the, the Addicts Boss Lee Bayer after the win uh, up at Bloomfield Road on uh, Tuesday evening. They're very solid three points. And as he said, you know, not, not our most fluid, but because, as I said just before, we heard from Bo there, we are keeping these clean sheets. It means that two goals in the last three games has won a seven points. And that just shows how important that base is. Uh, that that solid defensive base has been for us, so, you know, particularly over the, the last couple of games with Innes in there, our thoughts look very good, and and uh, Akin Fainwo, you know, is certainly uh, up there as well. So yeah, exciting times, and and we're be- becoming hard to beat at the back, which is uh, very important. But anyway, I did ask for some uh, uh, some tweets and emails to see what people made of the game on Tuesday night. Phil said uh, one or two scares, but in general, we looked much more solid in defence. Uh, now, uh, Matt Matson looked class and uh, and so like Jay De Silva. Yeah, similar point there. Uh, I believe we will go from strength to strength as the lads get to play and train together and should be in and around the mix at the end of the season. Craig says that uh, the team are growing, partnerships are forming everywhere. Innes and Fainwo looked like a beast pairing. Gunter and Doughty worked the right wing fantastically. However, there are questions to be asked of the coaching team. And Nathan, I'm going to direct this question towards you then. Uh, they did nothing to protect the walking red card that was Ben Purrington. Not his fault, he was uh, on toast. But they could have protected him to half-time without using a sub. Secondly, Watson and Prattley is far too negative, uh, one at a time, unless it's backs to the wall. So so Craig uh, clearly thinks that they, they're what they, like Purrington should have been protected somehow. I don't know if he means by taking him off or by sticking yeah. someone in front of him. What do you think the Bowes should have done differently? Well, to be fair, I mean, in, to an extent, I sort of agree. Um, we could, I mean, hindsight is it's a wonderful thing, isn't it? I think if um, if he was booked and he never ended up getting sent off, we obviously wouldn't be saying about we should be we should have protected him just in case, you know. But I agree with him in a way that you know he's up against the winger. You know they're just going to they're, they're going to attack him. Um, they know that we're going to obviously bomb on and try and push another one on, try and keep the fullbacks high um, because to try and open up the space in the wider areas. Um, but I think if if they were if I think the problem was he got sent off so early for to use a sub that's not really injury or tactical related in terms of the the shape or anything it probably that's probably why they didn't do it um and in fairness if you if if you're an experienced if he was a young kid if he was say Ian Matson say for example and he got booked after and he was up against it then maybe he would have fought differently because you think experienced player he ain't going to make the same mistake two three times is he um, but I, I mean, in hindsight, we can sit there and, you know, I was thinking about it on Tuesday going, why don't you protect him? But 
would you really swap a left back for a left back after 15 minutes when you're playing against 10 men? It would have raised some eyebrows, but I agree with what Craig's saying to an extent, but I can see why Bose didn't change anything. Um, but I mean, the main bit was is that he changed it in the end and got Matson on and he obviously proved to be key in the goal. So it's hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yeah, and Lewis, what about Prattley and Watson in the same team? Obviously, that's two or three games now in a row that we've seen that. And it isn't the most uh, dynamic midfield. They, they both certainly have their, their attributes, but do you think they're too similar to playing the same side? Do you think there's other options out there that Bowyer might be wiser to utilise? Or do you think, you know, they had that experience that perhaps we don't have in other places, in, in, in other parts of the, of the team, because we're, we're quite a young side in, in some places? Yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest, well, we've been unbeaten with in the last three games and kept three clean sheets with those guys there, and we've we've won two of them, and arguably could have got a better result out of the out of Sunderland. But I do agree that I I, I do sort of see that it's not the most creative of midfields, but maybe the thinking behind it at the moment is the fact that we have got a, a fairly new back four. You know, taking Perrington out of it, he's been here a while, but you know with with Ryan and Is, uh, Akin Famo haven't played together really only the, only the last two games. Chris Gunter as well. <clears throat> so maybe they're just that sort of additional line of defence at the moment while they while they settle. And the options there as well. I mean, if you're if you're playing like a flat four four two, then really the only sort of option you've got that you can play there is is Jake, I suppose, and he he played well against um, against Wigan, but. We obviously Gilby is out at the moment. Madison is out at the moment. Uh, Johnny is he had a knock on international duty. Dylan Levitt is very young, so maybe maybe he didn't want to chuck him in um, to you know for the minutes that that he'd have to give them. You know these are experienced pros that have performed well at, at every level they have, and despite maybe not being the most creative of players, we have seen Darren Prattley be creative. We've seen Darren Prattley you know curl a goal top bins at. Shrewsbury so he has he has got something in his locker and and he does all of the the nitty-gritty while the people further ahead of him get the goals um would I like to see more of a creative midfield pairing maybe but at the moment they're not really doing anything wrong because we haven't lost a game we haven't conceded um in in the last three when you see this team slowly coming together so there's there's probably is room for change, of course, but at the moment it's working. Um, but maybe when Gilby comes back, we'll see something different. And Jake's an option there as well, but we know that he's had his injury problems, so we probably have to protect him slightly. The same with Johnny uh, and Marcus Madison. Once they get sharp, it, it adds a whole new dimension to that midfield. And maybe Bowie will change it up a little bit then. But for the minute, what we've got, you know, 100% fit and and match sharp as as much as they can be, I think the option that we've got out there at the moment is probably the best for us. Uh, just Sorry, Lou, just like quickly on Prattley. You see, I know there was one game, I think it was the Wigan game, when he played left of a diamond, didn't he? And I think even, yeah, myself, you... I, even myself, I was like, what the hell? But then when you watch it back, it's actually really clever what Bowie had done. I don't know if anyone else noticed it, because Alfie was playing left back, right? And he was always bombing on. So when he got caught out of position, you had Massey on the right-hand side. So if you if he's on the transition and Massey's running at you, who are you going to want on that left side of the diamond? You're going to want someone who can tackle or can at least hold the play out, which is what Prattley did, and they had no joy down there. So I think in 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 terms of him playing, I don't, I agree that I, it's negative in terms of 
you know, Prattley and Watson in the same team. But if you need someone with energy who can at least try and win the ball back, Levitt may not give you that protection. Jake can do, but I think sometimes he's a bit rash. But I think that game for the Wigan game, that I thought we'd done, even I, I abused it at the beginning. I thought it was actually really clever <laughs> what he did. Yeah, I was about to say, I was going to release the text you sent to me when you saw that Prattley was playing on the left-hand side of the diamond. <laughs> but I think every, everyone did, though. But I think when you watch it back and then you go and you realise that, yeah, that we nullified that their, their right-hand side, which is where their threat was. And that's why they it's always almost, went down to Naismith. It's almost as if, and, and don't take this the wrong way, Nathan, that Lee Bowyer knows more about football than you do, which I, I know you might find that hard to believe, <laughs> but there you go. <laughs> right, we had... Uh, <laughs> couple more emails. Uh, Jonathan West uh, from the Upbeats contacted the show to say hi. Uh, so hi, Jonathan. I hope you're well. I hope you are enjoying uh, your football. And Craig Redmond uh, emailed in. was a great result. Chucks and EK again. We look very good at the moment. Imis and Fainwo look like a great partnership. So good to be just chatting about the team again. We go again. Come on, you Reds. And as Craig mentioned there, Chucks and EK was the man in the goals on uh, Tuesday night. And he came to speak to Terry again after the game. He's pleased to be able to contribute to the three points. Yeah, definitely delighted. Um, uh, I just want to help the team. You know, uh, came on, it's all square, and yeah, I'm just delighted to get the goal to help the team get the three points and to carry on the run that we're on at the moment. And it's been a stop-start season for you. Obviously, you're uh, getting the goal at Swindon. You must have thought, uh, you know, this season you want to kick on, and then you get the COVID-19 <laughs> bug, and, and it all grinds to a halt. I'm, I'm assuming you're all perfect and everything's great. Yeah, now. yeah, I'm COVID-free now, uh, thankfully, and uh, yeah, just wanted to just get a run in the team. You know, obviously, I had my injury problems since I've been here. And, you know, um, I know what I can do in this team and, you know, I want to score some goals. I want to increase my, my output since I've been here, assists and goals. And like I said, like do like today. Well, uh, the fans would have seen you on Saturday, especially but even before then. The start to the season has been impressive. Took us through the goal today. It's a great ball in by, uh, by the new fellow Madsen on the left-hand side. And then Alfie picks you out. Yeah, no, as I said, a uh, great cross. Uh, I see, obviously, Alfie just poked it back in and I was in the six-yard box uh, and I just headed it in and it's gone in. So, yeah, delighted with that. How are the lads feeling? I mean, uh, scoring the goal and have it chalked off because of a linesman's decision. They must have been a little bit, uh, a little bit angry. So you had to refocus. Definitely. Um, I didn't actually see what happened, but um, was it a goal? I'm not sure whether it was a was meant to be a goal or not. Yeah, yeah. So I've got to see it again. But you know, um, decisions go with you and against you. You know, uh, we've got a red card, two red cards in the game, and you just got to keep adapting. And like I said, we come out with the result today. So it just shows good like mental strength from the lads, and you know, long, long may it continue. Played the air on Saturday and then Omar came on and then it's the, the reverse this yeah. time around. So decent competition for places, but you'll be hoping to nail that down for your own. Yeah, definitely. Of course, I got to back myself. And uh, like I said, but it's just good that we've got good players in the team. You know, obviously, uh, loads of players injured at the moment. You know, got Dej and Piercy and uh, Madders to come back in, into into the team. So uh, yeah, competition for places can only be a good thing. You've got to raise everyone's level, really. Lots of new players in the side as well, so you've got to gel together. But uh, what's the mood in the camp like? So obviously when you win games, that's, that's the aim of the game really. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're back-to-back uh, wins now. So, you know, obviously everyone's positive. But, you know, the game's coming thick and fast. So we've got one on Saturday, one on Tuesday. So we've got to stay humble, keep our heads down and, you know, go again. And as a striker, obviously you want to score goals. If you set yourself a target, obviously you know, now in the side with, uh, with Connor and Omar, you set yourself a goal target for the season? No, I tend to not really set, uh, set goal targets. I just want to like be, you know, as, a, as as dangerous as possible. You know, I like to assist and I like to score goals. So just, I have no target, you know, just as many as I can and, you know, just try to help the team, exactly. The situation in the club and the, the transfer window that we had, we were a little bit catch-up compared to, to other teams. Is the mood in the uh, dressing room that uh, you want to make sure you get to uh, get catch up that points gap? 
quickly as possible. Yeah, exactly. We want to win every game we play. You know, we want to win every game we play. But yeah, the good thing about this is I think we've got a good group of lads that want to win and you know want to do want to better their careers. So um, I think you know if we keep a lot of people fit and on the pitch and you know get everyone raring to go. I think it could be very interesting. <laughs> Space on the right-hand side for Alfie Doughty now in the penalty area. This is a huge chance for the Alex and it's Alfie Doughty who puts Charlton into the lead with a calm left-footed finish. It was a wonderful fall through to the youngster and he pulled it in onto his left foot and slides it beyond the goalkeeper. It's crew Alexandra Neal, Charlton Athletic 1. Charlton Live. Welcome back then to Charlton Live. So I think we've uh, drawn a bit of a line under Tuesday's uh, very impressive 1-0 victory uh, up at Bloomfield Road against Blackpool. Chuck Sanike there with the goal. We just heard him uh, on the pod. He wants to increase his output. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed listening to that, actually. I think Chuck's is, he's hungry, uh, again, to go and prove his worth. You know, he, he, he's... He, he's scored twice this season he's looking really sharp and he, he knows he, he needs to deliver a bit more for, for Lee Bayer and, and I hope he, he's going to be doing that uh, as we go forward right now Lee Bayer did have a press day today on Thursday um, some of you you may have seen that Richard Corley tweeted earlier on uh, during the day that Lee Bayer's uh, interested in perhaps trying to to bring in another another player perhaps a free agent uh, so Terry uh, asked a question again during press day today. Uh, asked if the Addicts boss has a specific position in mind. Um, I think we we have to look down the right side. Um, we've only got Gunter, and as well as he's done, he's played two ninety minutes back to back without really doing anything, no training apart from when he's been away with Wales. So uh, so yeah, that's that's a position that I would like to maybe strengthen if we can and Deji can fill in there but Deji's at least two weeks away so and, and then he's got to get minutes into him so yeah in an ideal world we might look to bring in someone to, to fill in down that side that would be my first choice but you don't always get your first choice so uh, <laughs> but yeah that's that's something that we're we're just working on that. Interesting stuff then, Lewis, from Lee Bo. You're talking about a right-sided player, uh, about how, I mean, Deji obviously can cover there, but he, he wants to bring in someone else. Obviously, we've got Chris Gunter. We were interested at, at one point in Adam Matthews, as we know. Who knows if that will become an option again, because I don't think he's signed up anywhere. But even if it's someone else, you know, it, it's good to be in a position where we could actually go out and just bring in one more, just because we've got, we've probably got two in every position other than right back, unless you are moving Deji there, but I think we prefer him as a as a centre back. So good, good to see that we've still got options uh, that that we could possibly utilise within the cap. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think as you say, when we look at the squad on paper, right back is where we are short. We've got Chris Gunter, who is a fantastic signing at this level, uh, and then we're looking, as you say, at people to go in there and fill in. They're not not really. Um, you know, a specialist in that position. Like they, they're being forced to play. That we saw it with George Lapsley when he had to cover in that position. He's obviously now gone out on loan. Um, Deji is injured for probably what a, another couple of weeks, maybe until he's training again. Then you've also got um, Brendan Brendan Waredu, who's been out for however long. He's the only other right back I can actually think of. Um, and obviously Matthews was training with us for a while, and, and obviously that didn't come 
to anything eventually. Um, but it would be interesting to see if, if he was still knocking around, if that was an option to get done. I mean, I don't think any Charlton fan would, would sort of turn their nose at Matthew signing, but it'd just be interesting to see if he would do because he'd be behind Chris Gunter, who's, you know, Bo's made sort of fairly publicly that Chris Gunter was his first choice right back and he'd been sort of trying to get him signed for a little while, you know, beyond this window even. Um, the only other thing is, I imagine he'll just have to go out into the into the free agent market and have a look for for other right backs. I, I don't I don't I don't imagine that Matthews would be happy to sign and play second fiddle. But I don't know. He's he's obviously got nothing else lined up because I think we would have seen him snapped up by now because I think he's a very good player. But um, it hasn't really worked for him. You do wonder if maybe he he held out for a for a championship move and it didn't quite come off. And you think if he'd maybe signed for us a little bit earlier on, then maybe he would have been the first choice right back for us in anyway. But uh, We'll have to see. I mean, it's interesting um, that we're trying to get something done. I think it's it's positive that we've got room in the in the salary cap, as you say, to get someone in because I do believe that's a a position where we are fragile. You know, it only takes Chris Gunter to take a knock, and you know we're really struggling there. So it'd be interesting to see uh, if anything materialises over over the next couple of weeks or whatever, and and what kind of player we do bring in. Yeah, and it is telling, Nave, that there is clearly quality out there. Like we say, we've picked up a couple of players in the last few days who are obviously waiting around for deals. Adam Matthews is still out there if he's one possibility. I wanted to talk actually a bit about Chris Solly because, again, Lee spoke about him today. Um, I think I think everyone got a bit carried away looking at the headlines saying he's not surprised that he's not got another club and just thought that Bo was having a dig. But if you actually read it, he's saying he's not surprised because clubs currently don't have money and there's a hell of a lot of players out there up for grabs. You know, it's no it, it's it's no comment on Chris Solly in particular that he's not got a club because there's mm-hmm. there's plenty out there. Marcus Madison didn't have a club until two weeks ago and everyone was absolutely buzzing when we signed him. Yeah, that's what I mean. I agree. I agree. I think the headline, um, if unless you read it, it does seem a bit like that. But I think Bo's gone out on record before and said, you know, when Chris was here, you know, how much of an asset is around the place. And I think there's many coaches that have, and players that have said Chris was probably one of the best one v one defenders they've 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 seen. Um, and I think what it, I think Bo he's right in what he's saying it's hard and unfortunately for Chris as as good as a player he is probably at this level um clubs are having to be a little bit more astute and, and a bit more clever how they're spending that spending the money especially with the quick turnaround in games and the shorter season and no pre-season uh, you know Chris hasn't had a pre-season you know and with his injuries and that as well he, he can't play two games a week sometimes there was rumors but he's played more or less a whole season for us at one year wasn't it so I just think he's probably he's probably recognised as a good player at this level, but there are probably less riskier in inverted commas, commas uh, options for other clubs, and um, I think that's probably where his downfall will be. But I, st- I can still I still think he can do a job, maybe this level, or even you know League Two, or maybe this level. Um, I just think because of his injury problems, he's probably at the lower end of the the heap, so to speak, without being disrespectful to Chris. Cause he was a great servant for us throughout that time, and. Um, you know, it's just sad that he hasn't been able to get a move that he wants, if that's what he wants. Mm, yeah, obviously, we do have to remember the way he left the club and, and, and a lot of people gave players like Lyle Taylor stick for, for the same thing. But at the same time, you, are, you, know, you do have to look at it from both ways. And, and he was he was obviously thinking, he was hoping he was going to protect his future career. But 
Uh, unfortunately, at the moment, he's still without a club, but I, I do really hope he, he gets uh, signed up as soon as possible to someone. Right, let's start to turn our attention to Saturday, then Northampton Town away at Sixfields. Uh, looking forward uh, to this one. Hopefully, Charlton can continue our run of clean sheets. Now, Northampton got their second win of the season uh, in midweek against uh, Swindon Town. Uh, I caught up with uh, Charles and Danny last night from the All It's All Cobblers to Me podcast. Uh, Charles is up first. Asked him how weird it was because don't forget that the Cobblers actually got promoted last season via the playoffs. Four uh, 0 win at Wembley against Exeter, and they had that amazing comeback. They were two 0 down. Uh, against Cheltenham from the first leg. In the second leg, they went to Cheltenham's place and won 3 and It was a superb turnaround and really was a very entertaining playoff campaign uh, from the Cobblers. Uh, but if you have, to, you have to feel for the likes of Charles and Danny who were unable to be there and enjoy it. And I did ask Charles first up how weird it was to watch the side go through that playoff promotion campaign uh, from behind closed doors. Oh, yeah. Weird, weird's probably not the right word quite. Um it was an experience, definitely, a complete change to what you'd expect. I mean, we went to Wembley, what, in 2013 was the last time we lost to Bradford, which Sky Sports love to remind us every five minutes when they replay it. Um, and that day was horrible because we'd lost that game in the first 20 minutes. In fact, we lost it when Adebayo Akinfenwa wasn't named on the starting eleven um, by current England under-21s manager, Aidy Boothroyd, who is an idiot and forever will be. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's just the, the the contrast between the two. So to obviously lose at Wembley 3-0 when you're there and to be basically sat back in your seat after 23 minutes going, I've travelled all the way down here. I've come to you know what should be a really, really good day out and we've been worse than rubbish contrast that with I've just watched us win 4-0 easily in the playoff final on the telly sat at home when there's no fans there whatsoever it's weird you you can't you know you can't get your head around it it was great but as you say not being there was terrible and was awful and I mean, we we did quite well because we we tried to make up for it. We did some live shows on Facebook and 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 Zoom to try and get a little bit of of community spirit going on, a little bit of fan uh, interaction engagement. And one of the things that was really good from that was that we all ended up having a drink. Um, with our club chairman Kelvin Thomas, who came on to the Facebook Live with us to celebrate after we'd won. Mm. Um, which was great. And, you know, obviously that would never have happened had we been at the game. You know, we, it's not like we'd have stumbled into the uh, the restaurant after the match or anything like that, or the team hotel. Could have tried, I uh, guess. but <laughs> Yeah, could have tried, but it was never <laughs> realistic that that would have happened. Yeah. So, good and bad, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And what about yourself, Danny? How would you assess Northampton's start to life in League One after promotion? You know, fairly solid so far? Yeah, I think so. I think it's been you know, seven points from seven games. You can't complain too much. Pretty much on course for for staying up, I guess, um, which is probably the the main aim. Um, um, transfer window has been slow. Um, I think Keith Scholes made made a big point of of uh, slowly working his way and getting the targets that he wants, rather than panic and spend loads of money all at once and and get loads of players and has been quite deliberate about who he's brought in. Um, we've obviously ch- sold Charlie Goode to Brentford for over a million pounds, um, which 
which has rocked our defence quite a lot. In, in all honesty, it's it's just not been the same. Our entire sort of back three, central back three, is gone um, in some form or another. So it, it, it's been difficult defensively because it's just the, the three new players and how they're going to how they're trying to fit them in. It's, it's not working yet. Um, there's been a fair few mistakes. There's a fair few things like communication issues and stuff going on that that's just like led to really poor sloppy goals going in um but by the same token we have picked up a couple of wins that we've looked half decent in so i think it's going to be a slow process but um but all in all it's been a it's, it's been an okay start i'd say yeah, and, and Charles, I, I want to know a bit more about Keith Curl now because, in, in my mind, he's been an absolute joke figure uh, for a few years. I, I think it must have been when he was the Carlisle manager uh, that he bought some lipstick and a rock into a in, into a, um, a press conference, and also once uh, was quite vocal about his players' male genitalia. Uh, getting them three points once, which, you know, any which way they come, I guess. But um, uh, it sounds like he's actually, you know, he's settled down. He has had good spells at clubs and, you know, we, we, we take the piss. But he has he has clearly got some managerial now and, and he seems to have helped really turn things around at Northampton over the last couple of years. Yeah, he's definitely brought an identity into the club. One of the things that our former manager and player Ian Sampson said, what, probably about, or six to 12 months before he took over was that I think it was a, we were losing in the derby against Peterborough and, and Samo just said, we've got no identity. The club don't know where they're going. The players don't know how that we're meant to be playing. There is no Northampton identity. Uh, Curl has come in and has given us that. It might not be the most attractive football or anything like that, but there is a definite identity and, and way that we play, which is to get the ball up the field as quick as possible. And then, fight for it in in sort of the top third of the area and and, and you fight for the right to play football at that end of the pitch um as i say it's not always the most attractive and when it doesn't work it looks terrible um but when it does as it did in the playoffs especially in the second leg against cheltenham and then obviously the final against exeter it's it looks really entertaining and really good football um I suppose Curl's grown up a bit, to be honest. Uh, I don't think he's ever said anything that ridiculous um, since he's been in charge with us. He talks a lot about... It is a shame, in a way. In a way, yeah. I mean, he talks about (laughs) things like going on, getting on the wave or going on a journey. He talks a lot about upward curves. Um, No genitalia in sight. No, man, no, no. Uh, Unless you count him seeing Nicky Adams completely (laughs) stark naked on a beach in Marbella. When he, when, this is when he signed Nicky for for Carlisle after he'd been there, uh, he'd won promotion with the Cobblers back in 2016. <laughs> well, there you go. And Danny, then I, I should just say, then this, this is a final question that we we always ask is, you know, it's it's a game on Saturday. Who who are the main threats to to Charlton that they should be very wary of? <laughs> the referee. Uh, yes. <laughs> 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 we've got uh we brought in this kid uh um, is he a kid i don't know even know uh ricky horboa who's uh we brought him from car shelton in non-league just completely random signing um obviously keith's been looking at him for quite a few, uh quite a long time um and he's just got this like raw talent um that he's just completely he's not scared of anything he'll just take the ball and, and go on a little dribbly run he, he makes things happen in the attacking third and i think at the start of the season we we're all like is going to be one who kind of beds into the team and sort of slowly gets into it. But 
actually he's coming and just taking it by storm and you just don't think he's going to be dropped at the minute because he's got this like energy that you love to see as fans that he just grabs the ball and he'll be able to do something with it. So he's probably the one that will make something happen in attack, um, apart from Sam Hoskins, of course, but you know, everyone knows about <laughs> his danger, don't they? <laughs> That's uh, daddy's favourite player, by the way. <laughs> Samuel Tobias Hoskins. Uh, Samuel I'm Tobias Hoskins to give him his full name, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, the, the danger for us, I think, is probably um, Fraser Horsfall. Our defender yeah. tried, tried to tried to let Swindon win it twice on Tuesday night uh, with a couple of dodgy back passes. So, I mean, it'll be like you playing with 12 people on the pitch if he's in the starting okay. lineup. anyway. Uh, if you guys can just not attack, then we'd be quite happy with that, I think. <laughs> To be fair, we haven't done too much of that so far this season. But also, you can't really talk to Charlton about dodgy back passes until until you remember that we scored one at, at Wembley after five oh, minutes. That Wembley so, one now, yeah. Oh goodness no, me, no. yeah, but, uh, yeah. Excellent stuff. Right, okay. So, uh, guys, just bits between you then. Uh, a quick prediction for for Saturday's game, uh, Charles, and then Danny. Uh, I'll go with a two-all draw. I think we'll we'll go ten up, and then uh, you'll pull it back. Typical cobblers. <laughs> go on Danny uh, I think you're going to have too much quality for us honestly I think you're going to win uh, I'll go for 3-1 Charlton there we go then that's Charles and Danny from It's All Cobblers to Me pod uh, I'm on their podcast this week as well if you have a look on my Twitter I probably would have shared it at some point on, on Friday morning uh, talking about I tried to explain to them what the hell has gone on at Charlton over the last few months so as you can imagine it was quite funny uh, and it was a good laugh so if you get a chance to make sure you listen to that as well but thanks to the, the two chats for coming on to our pod uh, and uh, talking about a North Hampton side that, you know, having been promoted, Lewis, uh, under a manager, Keith Curl, that I did take the mickey out of a little bit there because he has done some funny stuff in the past. Uh, you know, I imagine their aim this season is to stay up. So, so far, so good. They're sitting outside the relegation zone, got a couple of wins under their belts. I imagine they're probably reasonably happy with how they've, they've made the step up so far. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, as you say, anyone coming up really from from League Two, making the step up, their ultimate goal is to to stay in the division and try and stabilise and, and build on. You know, they've it's been a little while since they were in, in League One. I think you'd go back to the the year before we got promoted, I think. The last time we, I remember going there and winning up 4-0. Um, and they spent a few years down in League Two. They've obviously bounced back up now. They've got some got some decent players as well, some decent pros. Nicky Adams is there, Mark Marshall, who we all know as well. Um and Keith Curl is a good manager. Um, you know, he's got people out of divisions before. He was fairly successful at clubs like Carlisle. And, um, you know, he's there now sort of stabilising Northampton a little bit. And, yeah, they'll be... Their their main goal, as you say, will be to stay in the division and, and try and, and sort of kick on from there. But they're, they're not doing themselves any harm so far. They had a good win midweek against Swindon, who have, you know, been fairly... Well, they were fairly impressive at the start. They've tailed off a little bit now. But... Um, you know they'll they'll be happy with their start, I'm sure, and um, they'll no doubt want to be trying to take a scalp off of us on on Saturday when we travel um, up to Sixfields or whatever it's called now. I think it's still Sixfields. Yeah, that, yeah, that is the interesting thing. How again, when when I asked the two chaps, we we, we are starting to be seen again as 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 a big club, which I, did, I couldn't get used to in the Championship. I felt like we were sort of quite small fry compared to some of the teams that have been up there for a while. Um, but anyway, let's hear from Lee Bowyer as well. Then, uh, obviously, having played on Tuesday night, the first thing uh, that he was asked is if there's any fresh injury concerns after that win over Blackpool. No, not no fresh ones. Um... Still very much the same. So, uh, 
nothing's really changed for us. The only difference is Madison, um, he trained with us today. So there's a good chance that he'd travel with us the weekend. Does the, I mean, the fact you've got a slightly stronger squad than you, and clearly that you've had recently, does that take the pressure off a bit than having to throw him in? Well, to throw Madison in? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've got to take care of him because he's he's not played no minutes at all. Um, and what are we, six games in, something like that, five, six games in, and he's not played any minutes. Obviously, when he came to us, he wasn't match fit anyway. He hasn't had a pre-season, so... Uh, yeah, like, like some of the others, like we, we'll try and bed them in the best we can. But there's some that you, you can't, that you just got to put them straight in. But we're okay in that position at the moment, so we won't do that with Madison. <coughs> I'm assuming by your statement there's no real fresh issues that uh, Jason's still out? Yeah, sorry, um, Jason Pierce is still out. Um, I think two weeks before he's back training. Um, who's the other one? Two weeks. I think Deji's going to be two weeks and then he'll be back training as well. They're the closest to. On to the game the weekend. Uh, Northampton, of course. Um, managed their second win of the season. Now we're obviously now in the top half of the table um, for... Four games unbeaten, three clean sheets. You must be delighted with that. But of course, Northampton just begging their second win of the season. They'll be they'll be confident. So, uh, be a tough game. Yeah, be a tough game. Every game's tough. It's, it's as tough as you make it. Um, obviously, them being at home, they have the home advantage. But um, they, they picked up a good result against Swindon uh, in the week, and um, I watched that game, and and I've watched a few of their games, and. Uh, Obviously, they can hurt you. every team in this division. It's on the night you've seen some crazy results. Ipswich, you have a night lost 4-1 against Doncaster. Like you would never have thought it. Um, not, not that Doncaster ain't good, but Ipswich have, have been on fire. So, uh, so yeah, anything can happen. But if we come and turn up with the, the right mentality... Um, then, then we'll give them a good game. I have no doubt. Yeah, good to hear there's no uh, fresh injury worries then. And in fact, Marcus Madison is, is, is going to make the trip as well by the sounds of it. Probably, uh, almost certainly won't start. But uh, a, a useful body to have in the squad, Nave. So we, we, we're going into this game. I mean, you absolutely have to go into this one with a bit of confidence now because we're defending well. And I think, mm. as I said earlier on, the absolute minimum that you need to, to go on and, and, and win games is that you, you, you start to, to make it really tight at the back and then you only need one goal down the other end. Yeah, exactly. And I think we've shown that um, our resilience in the last couple of games uh, coming up against a side who are good at set pieces and long throws. So uh, I think Ryan and Akin are going to have their work cut out again, um, which you are going to get in this league. You're going to get quite a lot of direct sort of football, which is what it is. But yeah, I think that the resilience that we've shown in the last two weeks and um, and scored when it mattered, um, it's, it's proved pivotal. I think last season, you know, our, you know, once we come out of COVID, it just didn't seem like we was ever going to score. I couldn't see us scoring two goals. Um, so if we went one nil down, even to an extent, the the Lincoln game, they score first, and it's like, well, can I see a scoring two? Not really. Um, so yeah, it just changed the whole dynamic of it now, and um, I think there's a lot more confidence in there. Tricky game on Saturday and um, 
yeah, we just need to w- get, just win these ugly away games, and then you know we can try and get through this little period of Saturday, Tuesday. All the lads know each other. Um, obviously, I don't know if everyone saw the songs, the intro songs, which are quite funny. But yeah, so it's going to be um, it's going to be tricky. But yeah, I think we're showing a resolve at the moment, which is really good and something that we didn't have last year. Yeah, it is weird actually. Like like you say, a couple of. Uh... Uh, overnight away games, you know the the one at Blackpool, and I imagine they w- will go and stay up at Northampton. It is it will it will probably help the team bonding in this early stage because there are so many new bodies now. Uh, rotation of the strikers is something that we've seen, uh, isn't it, Lewis? We saw we saw um, Paul Smith and Chooks and Ek benched for uh, Washington and for Omar Bogle on Tuesday, but Bo said he's going to rotate him. So I, I kind of expect those two to come back in I mean definitely Chooks after he scored um is that the way you see it going the front line yeah I think so I think I'd I'd have uh Smith and and Chucks go back in I think Washington looked a bit tired on on Tuesday I think maybe feeling the effects of international duty um and Omar Bogle was still trying to find that match sharpness so maybe he'll come on um you know it's still you know Chucks isn't really in the position at the moment where he can do 90 minutes and we know that he's sort of that's what we're going to get from him at the moment because he's building up that fitness um and he's doing it very well you know so far but it's good to have options isn't it like we've we've been in so many positions previously we've never been able to rotate and, and we're burning players out it's nice that we've got you know four decent striking options there in in washington smith bogle and chucks um, that we can keep fresh and, and rotate, and when a game does change, and or one of them's you know tired or, or isn't quite making the impact they want to, you've got those options on the bench to try and create something. Where before we've kind of never really had that. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd expect um, Smith to come back in and Chucks as well. I think they they look really good together against Wigan on Saturday. I think Smith is just like so quick, isn't he? He'll get more assists this season than he gets goals, but. He's just like such a tricky player, uh, and Chucks obviously is is that strong player that can hold it up and maybe bring him into play and create some chances for him. So yeah, I think it's um, I think it's a good little partnership they could build up there. So um, be mm. interesting to see if they start Saturday. Hopefully they do. Yeah, excellent stuff. I reckon we'll see a start for Ian Martin as well, especially with uh, Purrington uh, on his uh, one match ban. But anyway, we're running out of time, so let's just have a, a quick prediction uh, from both uh, Lewis and Nathan. Nathan, I have yours first. How do you think it's going to go? Uh, an EK hat trick 3 0. Omar Bogle come oh. on and uh, score an own goal or stop a goal. <laughs> like that. Only bring Omar on if we're like at least two up just in case he wants to chalk off another goal. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Lewis. <laughs> I'm going to go 2 0 Charlton. Yeah. Omar Charlton. or Chucks? Who, 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 who's in, who are you going to pick? Omar or Chucks for the goals? Chucks for me. Chucks for me. I yeah, think. yeah. yeah it's well, be for some reason, we've become Team Chucks on this podcast over Team uh, Omar, as if it's some sort of battle. Whereas obviously, we want them both to to do <laughs> well. But anyway, right. Uh, let's uh, let's call it. It's because he ruled out that goal for Ryan Innes, isn't it? I don't know. We've accidentally turned him into a hate figure, um, but we don't. We love him really as well, right? Let's uh, let's end the show there. Thanks to all of you who've listened to uh, this week's big match preview. Uh, don't forget, Charlton Live will be back on Sunday. Uh, Tom will be hosting uh, the show on Sunday evening to look back at whatever happens against Northampton obviously hopefully it'll be a uh, a Chucks and EK hat-trick uh, with an Omar Bogle hat-trick for pudding uh, thank you uh, to Lewis and to Nathan for joining me this week cheers, no worries boys. mate nice one cheers cheers guys good to have you on uh, I've been Louis Mendes thanks for listening and we shall see you back here on Sunday see you later Charles and Charles and
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.